draft season continues, the draft is getting closer, and we are already almost in the middle of the week. Just two more weeks to go until the NFL draft, and we're going to keep bringing you all the good hits before then as we continue previewing uh, all of the Bengals' positional needs and much more intriguing storylines surrounding Joe Burrow and other factors involving this year's draft. Welcome into another pre-draft edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik here with you on this Tuesday as we look at what the Bengals need up front in the trenches on defense. We've talked about the trenches on offense, tight end, running back, uh, cornerback. We even mentioned safety on Monday. If you missed that conversation, tune into that as we talked about that and Odell Beckham signing with the Ravens, what that means for the Bengals. Um, and guys, we have obviously, you know, on this podcast talked about, you know, the Bengals needing a little more juice in the pass rush. Duke Tobin's acknowledged it. We've acknowledged it. I think a lot of people would definitely acknowledge that as well. Um, and I think, you know, it is going to be an area, specifically at least the interior line, that I think they're going to look at in this year's draft. But here's an interesting trend to kind of look at before I get your all's thoughts on, you know, what the Bengals should do and who they should get. I did some digging, and the Bengals haven't selected a D-lineman in the first round since 2001. And they selected Justin Smith in that draft, who had a decent career at Cincinnati, didn't really get recognized until he went to the 49ers and played in the Super Bowl there. But, I mean, since then, you look at the last decade, they've only picked three guys in the second round. Uh, This is in the 2010s decade. Carlos Dunlap was the only one that made a Pro Bowl. Um, You can also say... They picked Geno Atkins in the fourth round, but how often do you get a fourth rounder who's an all-pro pro bowler? You know, if you look at the trend they've been doing the last couple of years, you know, they've been getting guys in that mid-tier third through fifth round, like Joseph Osai, third round. Uh, they get Cam Sample in the fourth round in 2021, Khalid Kareem, fifth round in 2020, and then you get Zach Card in the third round last year. So I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's just an intentional plan, but I mean – do you guys think the Bengals might kind of buck history and change course and say, okay, maybe we really need that much more juice in the pass rush. We need to prioritize this early. Do you think at that point, if the right guy is there, they take somebody in the first round, that defensive line? I, I think you have to. Um, you know, I, I've kind of been beating the drum here for the last couple of weeks on on taking whoever's the highest player on your board. But, you know, obviously you're not going to take a quarterback or whatever at, at uh, 28. but you know, I think w- when you look at the defensive line, you've got to get more out of the out of the defensive line. And, um, you know, in, in our latest mock draft, we'll get to the names here in a few minutes. But in, in my latest mock draft, I had, you know, the Bengals going defensive line in the first round. I just think, you know, this is a position where you've you've upgraded your secondary uh, in terms of cornerbacks. Uh, you would think from last season with Cam Taylor, Britt and Cheeto coming back, you feel good there. But your safeties you're still kind of concerned about and, and it's a game about defending the pass. And I mean, the way to do that is to get after the quarterback. So yeah, I think, I think you kind of have to, if, if, uh, if you like some defensive linemen that are on the board there at the end of the first round, especially when you look at some of the contracts that are kind of coming up here in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, I think it depends. I think this draft, um, you know, I, I, you know, I had miles Murphy going, then the last mock, mock draft I did, um, you know, I'm not sure how realistic is that, that is now after he did, was able to work out at his own pro day. Um, you know, he didn't work out at Clemson's. He had a special workout and most of the NFL attended and he just knocked it out of the park and his numbers are ridiculous for his size. Um, but I mean, there's only four or five guys uh, in terms of defensive ends that really, um, I don't know, in this draft at the top end would be good picks and they might be all be gone 
Um, you know, by the, the time they take num- at, at number twenty-eight, I think if one of them falls to them, I think they should they should absolutely act on that. But I think it might be tough with where they're at to find one of those sort of premier guys that can make a difference right away. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have like a Brian Breesy or you know Miles Murphy, or maybe even like if you're looking on the interior, uh, Maisie Smith from Michigan. Who I think that's that's who you had Andrew in your mock draft, right? Is that who you picked in the first round? Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's a great pick. I think you know if you have either of those three guys, I think you should, especially especially if you don't think you can get a Darnell Wright, you know, or one of those better offensive tackles. Like even if I think say Dewan Jones is there, I think you can skimp on him if, in this case, any of those names I mentioned are there. If not, I don't think it's worth stretching, you know, maybe getting somebody who's a mid-second round guy, early second round guy. I think at that point, you just got to get the best player available. If it's Dewan Jones, if it's any other offensive tackle like Dewan Jones, if it's even a cornerback. We, we talked a lot about that kind of late last week where the Bengals could make a move for that. Like if certain guys like Deontay Banks are available, maybe somehow, maybe if B. John Robinson's available, I mean, the Bengals will follow course and pick a high running back like they did with Joe Mixon a few years ago and uh, other previous drafts. But, yeah, I really think, you know, the more you guys have talked about it on this podcast, like I'm not oblivious to the fact that the Bengals need more juice in the pass rush. But I just wonder, though, like if you pick a guy in the first round that's on the D-line, like how much are you missing out on maybe like, you know, one of the better running backs. Like, I mean, what what if somehow, like, do you envision a weird scenario where, like, you have a B. John Robinson and one of those three guys available? Or do you think that's really unrealistic to even think about? I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, Robinson's getting all sort of, um, you know, keeps going higher up. I mean, teams are talking about, you know, him, you know, how could, can, should the Bears take him at, at number nine and, and things like that? So, I mean, I think that's sort of uh, I mean, I'd be surprised if he was there. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think – I don't see a scenario where he's available. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. But I was just wondering because I guess what I'm getting at is, like, without knocking on any of those D linemen we mentioned, I just wonder, though, like, if you take one of those guys, are you missing out on, like – an even better impact player. And I mean, we, we, we can't really say for sure. Cause we don't know who's going to be on the board until the board actually shows up. But, you know, I, I do definitely think though, that like, if it's your best player available, if it's any of those guys, absolutely. Like Andrew says, run to them. But, you know, you kind of weigh that against, like I mentioned, you know, Sam Hubbard's a third round pick. Uh, Joseph Osai is a third round pick. Uh, Zach Carr's a third round pick. And I mentioned some of the other names who were drafted a little bit later, you know, in terms of D linemen that the Bengals have drafted in the last half decade. I mean, do you guys think that they're starting to see this and think, okay, other than maybe Sam Hubbard and Joseph Osai, if he was healthy, these guys aren't really working out because Sample hasn't really stepped up. Khalid Kareem's not even on the Bengals anymore, and he was a practice squad wave. I mean, do you think maybe they're going to look and say, I think we probably really need to draft a little bit higher with, you know, the defensive line? I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the way they're looking at it. I think you you like what you have in in DJ Reader, obviously. Um, you know, they've they've kind of raved about Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson kind of being complete packages, both you know, in kind of knowing where to be, knowing where to line up, stopping the run. 
Um, you know, their, their win, their win rates, uh, throughout the year, you know, some, some advanced numbers like that, you know, kind of looked at them a little favorably. Um, you know, I, I think that you need to invest highly in defensive line because it's one of those premier positions. Um, but I'm not sure if you necessarily overhaul your, your draft process because, um, you know, because of one position group or anything like that. Gotcha. But Andrew, I think, brought up a good point with the contracts. I mean, if you're not going to – you can't really spend now at defensive ends. So you're not going to sign an impact defensive end in free agency. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like a long shot that you'd resign uh, Hendrickson, especially at his age, uh, when his contract's up. I mean, so how do you find an impact defensive end? How do you find an impact pass rusher? And that has to be the draft at that point. Um, you, you know, you can't go bargain at every position. And, and I think defensive end in particular – um, you need a guy with a high ceiling, a high upside. And I don't think outside of, you know, the veterans they have, I don't think any of those young guys have shown um, that they're, you know, really consistent impact players getting to the quarterback. Um, that could be functional depth guys, um, you know, Zach Carter and still has a ways to go. But, um, you know, I, I think you do need an impact player. And if you can't find them in free agency at some point, you're going to have to, you are going to have to change your draft strategy because you can't just, um, you know, not find players at one of the, you know, most important positions on the field. And you've used a lot of your draft capital on guy and positions that you're, you're set, you know, wide receiver, you're not going to draft another guy in the first round or first three rounds right now, or, um, you know, quarterback obviously. And so I, I do think that there is something to be said for you guys got to kind of move uh, to get a, a, a pass rusher because, because, you know, the, the way the cap structure, you're probably not going to be able to afford one of those top tier guys. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like you mentioned Trey Hendrickson like earlier. I mean, you know, he's going into the second to last year of his contract. I mean, he's a pretty big cap casualty in you know 2024. So it's like if you're not happy with him next year, do you save the money and move on from him? You know, in 2024, assuming like Mike said, you've got a guy that you pick up, you know, in this year's draft because I mean. Beyond that, I mean, they got Terrell Basham, which was a bargain hunting pickup for depth. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, you got all the other names I mentioned, like Osai Sample, Jeff Gunter, who seems like he might be more of a practice squad kind of guy unless he makes the 53-man again, play special teams. You, you need bodies there. But I'm just curious, like, on the defensive line, what do you think they prioritize? Do you think they prioritize an interior guy, or do you think they prioritize an edge rusher, you know, in the draft? I mean, I, I'm I don't not sure personally think it... I, I think what an Ed Rusher, if somebody falls to them, that could be an impact player. I think they should they should look at that. I think if somebody doesn't sort of fit that mold, I, I could see them drafting kind of a, a defensive tackle or defensive end guy in the you know the top three rounds. But I don't know if, if it if it jumps ahead of the priorities at running back and tight end. I, I think they should try to find that impact guy. But if if you know they they're not going to trade up or you know, if all those top, you know, say the top five are gone, uh, you probably go in a different direction in sort of like the first uh, two days of the draft. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
You were saying something, Andrew? Yeah, I, I don't think it really matters, um, defensive end or defensive tackle. Just kind of when you look at when you look at the group. I mean, you, you mentioned the Terrell Basham signing. Um, you bring him, you bring him in, but that I mean, that's that's a depth piece right there. That's not you know something that is is really going to move the needle a whole heck of a lot. So I mean, you, you know, you look at you know Brian Brzee. You know, is he a guy who can who can play a three tech? Because again, you like Reader, but you know, I believe Reader's going into a contract year, and and that's not. Uh, exactly the most stable. So, I mean, do you draft kind of his replacement a year in advance? Um, you know, that would kind of fit like a Mozzie Smith, uh, the defensive lineman out of Michigan. Do you go there? Do you go Brzee? Do you go for the guy who's undersized in uh, Kalaja Kansi, like out of pit? Like th- there, there's different guys and different kind of molds that you can do here. Um, so I, I, I don't think it really matters. DN, D tackle, whatever. I, I personally, I just think you need you need upgrades on your defensive line, players that can push the pocket and, uh, you know, kind of help out the uh, help out the secondary a little bit. I agree with all that, but I think if you're somehow in a position where, like, and this is, again, if you're in this position where you can pick between a really good edge rusher and a really good D-tackle, I think you'd probably want to lean D-tackle because, like you just said, DJ Reader is in a contract year going into next season. Um, and I don't think the Bengals – I could be wrong, but, I mean, that's a guy who's going to be closer to the age of 30 after next season. He struggled with injuries a little bit last year, so maybe that catches up to him down the road. Who knows? If he can stay healthy and he has a monster year, then maybe we have a conversation about why the Bengals re-sign him to a midterm deal. But I just have the sense that it's kind of like Von Bell. Maybe, you know, like I said, Von Bell's going to be 30 soon. Same thing with DJ Reader. Bell left. Maybe Reader does the same. The Bengals just aren't really a team that keeps guys that are in – you know, into their early 30s, especially at least on the defensive side of the ball. And, like, the same thing with Hendrickson. Like, even if they keep him throughout the two years, like, if they don't cut him, I, I mean, that's just going to be at a point where it's like, okay, you know, I don't think we're going to bring you back. Like, because at that point, he'll definitely be 30 well at the end of his deal. So I think if you're just playing in terms of immediacy, you know, you want to get a guy at three tech, you know, because it's not just Reader being in a contract year. Like, we've talked about B.J. Hill. I mean, he's a little bit younger, which is good, and they've got more time out of him on his deal, but you can't let him play as many snaps as he played. I get DJ Reader was hurt last year, but they got to give the guy a break because eventually, like, that fatigue and, you know, that age is going to catch up. So I think if, if, if you can pick, I'd lean D-tackle, but otherwise, like Mike said, if the best guy is there at D-end, get him at D-end and deal with the tackle later in the draft. Like, and you know, there's a lot of names that I think we can look at in terms of who would fit the Bengals, you know, later in the draft. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those names, talk about what kind of prototypes and um, people that the Bengals have looked at traditionally on the defensive line and who they might look at in this year's draft, all that and much more to come right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast as we continue talking about what the Bengals should do with the D-line in this year's draft and how they should approach selecting a D-lineman. We talked a lot about, you know, do they kind of change the course and prioritize an edge rusher or an interior guy really early. But, you know, as much as we mentioned, like, the big names, like the Brian Breezy and Miles Murphy, Maisie Smith, there's a lot more I think we could talk about. And so kind of like we've done with the other positions like cornerback, safety, and, you know, uh, tight end, you know, I asked you guys earlier, like, who would you guys want to pick and when would you want to pick them? So I, I know you talked a little bit about those, again, those first round guys, but do you still feel like you're set on the Bengals need to get 
an edge rusher in the first round? Or is there somebody second through whatever mid-rounds that the Bengals could get a steal out of? You know, And why, why do you make that justification? Who wants to go first? Andrew. Take a bow, Andrew. So I'll go first. Um, yes, yeah, I, like I said, I don't. I don't think you necessarily need, you know, edge rusher round one. I don't think you necessarily need, you know, D tackle round one. I do think you need some kind of significant investment. Um, you know, I. I mean, hell, I, I. You know, when I was looking at my mock draft, there were guys there. You know, I, I picked uh, Mozzie Smith at, at twenty eight, and you're sitting there at sixty, and you know, okay, well do I pull the trigger on, you know, a guy like Isaiah Foskey? You know, he was Notre Dame's all-time leading sack getter. Like, is that a guy that you want to add to this defense? Like, there there are guys that you can add. I mean, obviously the the upside of of kind of drafting some of these guys is not going to be as high. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I think there are guys, but I, I would – the thing that I would worry about if I were the Bengals is just kind of getting – you know, a handful of sacks, three, four sacks in a rookie year, because, you know, what is that really getting you? You know, if you want a guy who, you know, you're, you're talking about Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, guys who can get you eight, eight, eight plus sacks. Like that's good when you have both of that, uh, both of those numbers coming off the edge on either side, but you kind of look at the depth behind them and they just didn't get anything from, from the rest of the pass rushers. So, you know, to me, I think, uh, you know, you need some kind of impact. So, you know, I, I would, you know, I, I would kind of caution against waiting too long. There are guys there. I just, I, I think they're going to be more valuable depth pieces than anything. I, I really, you would have to kind of draft a project like, you know, an Andre Carter uh, from army that, you know, maybe can develop into something in a year. If you really want to see, you know, like a truly high kind of round one upside, I would think. Yeah. Defensive end. I mean, I, I'm kind of all in on on Miles Murphy. I think he's going to be like the the standout, other than maybe Will Anderson. You know, behind him, who I think is kind of you know I, I think you know by and away considered you know maybe even the draft best draft prospect in the entire draft. But I think Murphy's pretty impressive um, for defensive interior. I think um, this kid out of Baylor. I don't. I don't. I terrible pronunciation. But um, was it Saki Akia? Akia. Siaki Ikea, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, From um, you know, size alone makes him kind of an intriguing prospect. Six foot four, 350 plus pounds. You know, even if he's not good, he's going to eat up space, right? Like, I mean, if, if he can't, if he's not, you know, if he's still learning the game, he's a guy that could just be di- disruptive by the sheer size of, you know, him in the middle and, you know, should be able to stop the run, uh, but also showing real uh, knack at getting the passer. Um, he's kind of an intriguing guy, a day two pick. Um, you know, uh, might be an interesting prospect, but I, I think if you're going to draft a defensive end, you go big or you don't. Because, like I said, I, I agree with Andrew where you want a guy that's going to make an impact. And I think there's very few of those guys that probably are on the board, and even fewer that might fall to the Bengals. So that, that'd be tough. But um, you know, that's what I—that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Siaki IKEA from Baylor because. I mean, he had 33 pressures, you know, in 2021, which was, I believe, his junior year. Dipped off a little bit last year, which is why maybe he's not as high as he could be. But, I mean, you know, 358-pounder who can make centers and guard miss. Like, I mean, that is just 
you know, that's crazy. Um, I mean, that lower body strength is what lets him win so many of those battles. And so I think if you want to go like second, third round, you could look at him. Um, another guy that's similar to him is Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Again, these are both that, you know, defensive tackle. I think if you, you, you want to go that route, like second, third round, you know, a guy that I think, you know, maybe not, not play right away, but, you know, can develop into that role. I think those are guys you could go for. As far as edge rushers, though, I think when you look at the trends of, like, who the Bengals have picked, like all those names I mentioned from, like, the last, you know, five years, you know, they get guys that are anywhere from 6'3 to 6'5, nothing shorter, nothing taller, and it's just always in that, like, 265, 275 range. So maybe not big like Miles Garrett big, but you don't want someone a little bit lighter than that where maybe they're more of, like, a hybrid outside linebacker. So I think if the – the trends go that way where the Bengals pick someone in that size range, then I'm looking at names who fit that exact bill, like Lucas Van Ness, who, I mean, he, I don't know, his stock's been like really high since the combine. Um, I actually wrote about him not long ago, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, a fourth round guy who had a good combine to kind of keep him in that mid-tier range where he didn't drop off anywhere lower than that. You know, Zach Harrison from Ohio State intrigues me. Um, doesn't have the agility you would expect, which is why I think he's like kind of a fourth round guy, but maybe get to the fourth round and he's there. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. That's another name that, again, you know, is similar to all his other names in terms of talent. And he's in that, you know, prototype of, you know, being like a 6'4", 270 edge rusher. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. When I did my mock draft, um, blanking out here, it was last, yes, last weekend, um, I had Kobe Turner. Uh, a name that's an interesting one, Kobe Turner from Wake Forest, had him in the fourth round. And he's interesting because his PFF grades are great, but he did not get invited to the combine. Can't say for sure why. If I had to guess, it's because um, outside of his talent, like even though he's good, I think his measurements probably didn't fit the bill because he's on the smaller side. He's about 6'2", uh, 280. And I think his arms were like, 31, like his wingspan is like 31, 32 inches, which I don't think matters if you have the athleticism to make up for it, which his stats and grades seem to indicate. So maybe he's got that chip on his shoulder and, you know, he gets picked up mid-round, third, fourth, fifth round, and he proves himself. So he's an interesting guy. Um, BFF graded it as an A-plus pick, so I guess maybe I did something right there. Maybe the Bengals would too if they did, but I don't think you could go wrong with uh, any of those guys, you know especially him. I think he always like a good underdog kind of pick and I always enjoy seeing that, but I guess kind of to tie this up here, you know, we talked about, again, this is before free agency. We talked about linebacker. Do the Bengals pursue a linebacker in the draft? Obviously it changed because Jermaine Pratt is back. Uh, so at this point, it's really not even a need, like way less of a need than safety, which I think we kind of debated. You don't even need to pick either in the draft getting free agency. But I mean, you think about it, like let's assume the Bengals, you know, don't extend Logan Wilson and he's a free agent next year. Akeem Davis Gaither, Marcus Bailey are free agents next year. Do you at least, even if it's like a sixth, seventh round pick, like kind of like they did with Marcus Bailey, seventh round pick in 2020, do you get a guy like that this year where it's like, okay, we don't know if we can keep all three of those guys. Let's try to plan for some depth now. Or do you just kind of wait and see how things play out, see if you keep Logan Wilson? And if not, then worry about drafting a linebacker next year. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they could do one late in the draft. I mean, there's no sort of, uh, you know, at that point, you're just kind of trying to find guys you like and, and you know, guys on your board. Uh, I don't think it would be crazy to see them, you know, take a flyer on somebody. But in the first four or five rounds, I think that wouldn't be uh, the best use of your draft capital. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, you look at this here, you got Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither's backup. You got Joe Bocci, Marcus Bailey is, is some special teams guys. Like, you know, to me, you know, that's fine for this year. So I could definitely see kind of a, a depth player come in because, you know, Logan Wilson entering a contract year, Akeem Davis Gaither entering a contract year, Joe Bocci, Marcus Bailey, both on one year deals. Like, you know, it's not hard to see kind of a revamping of the Bengals linebacker position uh, headed into the 2024 season. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, a depth player, someone that, you know, maybe you can you can bring up slow and, you know, kind of say, hey, your 2023 is not your year, but, you know, we'll see where we're at a year from now. I think that's not the worst strategy in the world, but, again, it depends. Um, and if, if the Bengals go into this season or this upcoming season – with kind of the linebackers that I mentioned, I think you're feeling okay about that. Yeah, definitely. I think even kind of like Mike was saying with the safety position, maybe you you get in a guy who's an undrafted free agent and you try him out. And if you think that's a guy to keep on the practice squad and, you know, maybe cultivate for a year and then see what happens in, you know, the 2024 off season. Yeah, maybe you could. Um, that's what they did with Vinny Ray. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent in 2010, played special teams like Joe Bocci and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, became like a starter and a team captain. So, I mean, it's not common, but it's not impossible. I mean, you know, kind of like we said, how the Bengals have so many undrafted guys in their secondary. Historically, they've had that in their linebacker room. So, you know, um, I, I could see that. But again, I think the only case where you should even consider that is like if it's sixth, maybe seventh round. And at that point, you feel really good about who you have. And then it's like, okay, the best guy we can pick is a linebacker and it's not going to be Ivan Pace like that guy's going to be way off the board and that's not a need the Bengals need to worry about right now if they didn't bring back Jermaine Pratt I would actually say okay maybe you should entertain the idea of an Ivan Pace but that's just not the case hey that kind of rhyme that's funny but yeah I don't know I think it's just a thought I had because it makes you wonder like kind of tying it back to defensive end like what if they get a guy who you know plays outside linebacker you know, so he can he can kind of play like a Jermaine Pratt in coverage, but then you need him to get to the pass, like I mean, to rush the pass. Like you could do that. That's kind of why I was thinking of that. But I think at that point, you're I'd have to look at the the board again for guys that late. But I don't think there's anybody that late where the Bengals could get someone with a description I just had. So I think really you just kind of wait and see. And then if you really have to worry about it, then you worry about it next year. Like if you don't keep Logan Wilson, that's what the draft is there for next year. And you know. Like Mike said, and this is kind of important to preface, like we've talked about, once these guys, these veterans like Hendrickson, you know, among others, DJ Reader, let's say these guys keep going, I mean, at that point, you're going to have to replace them with the draft. Maybe some death pieces in free agency, but it's going to be a different trend from what we've seen the last few years with, you know, the big money spending and the splashes. So something that I think we definitely need to get used to uh, for the years and times to come. Stay with us because uh, – Later this week, we're going to talk about the one draft need that we haven't even talked about that I think no one is talking about. What is that? You have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Later this week, we're going to 
talk about Joe Burrow and uh, what free agency means to him this offseason and how that sets him up for 2023. But once again, for myself, Andrew and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We will see you on Wednesday.